Welcome back to Rockstock Channel. It is Thursday, October 26th. Uh, I'm sitting in a different location than Bill's there. I'm in my kitchen here, and uh, above my shoulder is a, a favorite song of mine from Bob Marley, um, Three Little Birds. Uh, don't worry about a thing because everything is going to be all right. That's also my phone ringtone. Um, so along lithium ion rocks, we like reggae as well as rock. Uh, I'm wearing my Atlantic lithium hat. Atlantic lithium is a client and a shareholding of, uh, RK equity of Rodney and mine. Uh, glad to have Keith Muller back. Uh, and he's wearing his rock stock channel hat and Atlantic lithium shirt. Uh, Amanda didn't have time to get her hat, but, um, before we start today's video, we'd like to thank lithium royalty corp listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange, ticker symbol LIRC. We'll share more later in the video. We saw you recently in September. You said that you would be getting a sovereign wealth fund investment. You tick that box and the mining lease would also be coming uh, just for everyone who may not know. This is a spodumene story in Ghana uh, at a DFS stage. 50% partnered with Piedmont Lithium and also now the Ghanaian government because the Sovereign Wealth Fund took a stake at project level as well as parent level. Um, you listed, uh, you're listed in London, uh, but also listed on the ASX in November of la or October or November of last year, around the same time that Keith, you joined as CEO. Uh, Want to give a short tribute to all of our good friend, Vince Moscolo. Uh, who passed away suddenly at 53 last March. And uh, to just, he's uh, smiling at what he's, he's seeing for sure in Ghana, for the people of Ghana and for all the shareholders um, who have a lot of good days ahead. But uh, the market is not fully appreciating uh, all of your accomplishments, uh, Keith. We have Amanda here. I, I guess I've had you on Twitter in short snippets, but never properly um, interviewed and uh, you do have a process underway uh, for funding, a small funding and offtake, which uh, would love to hear you talk about. But uh, it's been a year of substantial milestones after, you know, Keith, your ex-Galaxy or Cobra operated the Mount Catlin mine. The Mount Catlin mine, all came just announced yesterday, had record production. So one of the few people in a skill short industry, uh, you guys have the capabilities to to bring a mine in in production, and um, and 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 half of your product is going to go to Piedmont and the Tennessee Lithium Project, which has been already permitted and has also received a uh, a grant of, of funding from the U.S. government. So a lot happening here, but your stocks pretty much been ignored. But Keith, let's just talk about this this great news because th this was the you know, Rodney's written research and has talked about the mining lease being the catalyst for um, the share. Uh, you guys actually, one last thing I'll say is Amanda, Neil Herbert, the chairman, and uh, Len Koff, uh, chief geologist and, 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 and former CEO, have all been on market buying the shares um, in recent times at prices higher. Uh, but it seems that every time you put out some good news, um, the market's selling you off, interpreting it somehow as, as bad news. So what is the market missing, Keith? And please update us on these. Um, where do we go from here? Will do. Thanks, Howard. So let's talk about our track record, right? So September last year, 
uh, we released the PFS. We said we're going to release a DFS in 2023 by the end of the financial year, and we released our DFS in June this year. We spoke about MIF, the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Ghana, coming in uh, as an investor in our project. Uh, they have made an agreement, so they're now on board. Uh, we spoke about our mining lease, and we have now delivered our mining lease. So the next milestone for us is offtake. Um, so I think that will take uh, a lot of the fear away. Uh, how do we close the funding gap? To be honest, $38 million is not a huge gap to fill, uh, but we're looking for that uh, offtake agreement to really just close that out and take away all speculation and concern that might be in the market. It's hard to believe that the market's really concerned about your ability to fund $38 million. You don't need new equity to do that. Um, there are debt facilities now available, we see. Um, uh, what are you hearing from investors? I mean, like Leo Lithium in Mali has been in trading halt for months now. AVZ uh, in the Congo, DRC, has been in trading halt for uh, since last May, a year and a half. Um, Africa has been a very significant source of supply in the most recent term. Part of the reason for the decline in lithium prices has been um, DSO and, and, and some other uh, material coming out of Africa. But I, I, for those who are interested in African-related plays for lithium, you're really the only publicly listed plain vanilla spodumene story um, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't compute that a $38 million funding gap is the reason your stock's not performing. Why, why aren't investors buying your stock? Um, what are you hearing from investors? Uh, I guess, I, look, there was the mining lease that was the worry, right? You've now got that, but you, you, you just published that news last week and the market environment's not been very good, um, at present. So at a your current market cap you listed last year on the asx at 71 cents because you thought you were undervalued in london because you know australian investors understand and appreciate spodumene better the stock is now 41 cents in australia um it's equivalent to 174 million us dollar market cap five percent economic interest in the project now that piedmont has some and the sovereign uh, government has some, but that's equivalent to a 350 million US market. The, the market's valuing your project at $350 million and your NPV is uh, 1.3 billion, which is down about $200 million, which was the adjustment from um, the, the, why don't you talk about what you had to give the government uh, and the change of the economic terms and also talk about your costs and put that in perspective relative to what's going on in the market and, and why this $38 million funding gap should easily be filled with non-dilutive, non-equity financing. Sure. I think we're still suffering a little bit of the curse of the country of Africa. Uh, the activities that's happening at Leo Lithium and at AVZ, uh, many investors uh, view Ghana as just one of the other countries in Africa. I have to say there's 54 countries in Africa and that's very different jurisdictions. Um, Ghana is one of the uh, world's largest gold producers, the fifth largest in the world and the largest in Africa. The, and, and the friendliness towards mining in Ghana should not be underestimated. 
So what we're hearing from our investors and, and perhaps addressing some of these concerns of why the share price hasn't responded as we thought it would with the release of the uh, mining lease news uh, late last week. Well, the first one is this curse of Africa, um, but I think uh, those that understand Ghana uh, understand why we are undervalued. And I think there's been a little bit of a misunderstanding in terms of the offtake of Piedmont. Piedmont is a 50% partner and indeed 50% uh, of our offtake is destined for the Tennessee hydroxide facility. So that is still in play. There's been no changes to that. Um, there has been some uh, words around the downstream conversion that uh, is news in the uh, mining lease. That's perhaps not what was expected by the market. Uh, but to maybe to clarify that is... Uh, this is a great opportunity for us to have to first look at this. So the government wants to partner with Atlantic uh, as a partner of choice. We've got the optionality to look at this first. Um, and then if, if it doesn't work out for us, uh, if we can't build the resource to an extent that we want to, to bring a conversion facility into play, um, the feedstock is still going to go to the market at market rates. Um, so there's really no downside in this for us. Uh, really what I see this doing is this enables us to use leverage to negotiate with the government to expand our resource base. Uh, I've said this before, in fact, I think I said this to you when uh, Neil and I was on before, is before we look at downstream seriously, I want to see the resource double. Uh, and now this is the catalyst for us to double the resource. Um, and, and with the help of the government, we want to achieve those goals to, to double the resource to take downstream processing seriously. The... Um... You're referring in the press release to the fact that the government actually, I forget, they also, you also committed to listing on the Ghana Stock Exchange and you committed to doing a scoping study for downstream conversion. And you're saying a downstream conversion plant, right, is generally a 20, 30, 40 year uh, project, right? You currently have a mine life of 12 years, right? Or, or something like that. You've only explored 13% of your tenements. Um, you have not been drilling aggressively recently. You did a lot of the infill drilling so you can get the definitive feasibility study, which was more recently. Um, but you're saying that uh, you, you, you've committed to just doing a scoping study, that's it. But you haven't committed to doing a downstream plant, but you're saying that it's gonna be hard to actually justify the cost of a downstream facility unless you had a much larger um project so what's the path to you starting drilling again and growing the resource because when you cut this off what's what's the size of the resource at present 35 million 35 million um a year or two ago rodney was saying 50 million tons is the new 20 right because you've had all these other discoveries um you've just been focused on moving into production but the expectation is that there's tons more uh resource upside in all of your tenements and, and um, is, why don't you talk a little bit about that? I know you don't, we don't have land on the, on, on the line here, but what, what the scope to grow? Could this be 50 million, hundred million tons? What's the path for that? Certainly. So uh, correction there, Howard, we haven't drilled 13%. We've only drilled 3% of our tenement package. So uh, a very small portion has really been explored. Uh, and the reason we've been holding off on drilling is we want to make sure we've got our eyes on cash flow. Uh, now that the mining lease is approved, this is a major de-risking event for us. Uh, so now we can start looking at spending more money in country. One of the objectives of our offtake funding is not only just to cover that $38 million uh, gap that we have, but also to free up some cash flow 
for exploration activities. So what we've been doing over the last 12 months is, you're right, we haven't drilled what we've drilled in the past. Uh, we've only drilled about 18,000 meters this year. I say only 18,000 meters, that's still quite a significant uh, exploration activity. But we've been doing a lot of auger drilling and swell sampling to identify targets. Uh, so Len has come up with a list, as long as my arm, of places where he wants to send the drill rigs in. And now that we've got certainty on our permitting, we're going to finish the EPA permit. Uh, once we have locked in that offtake, that's when we'll send the drill rigs out uh, and spend some of that money coming in uh, from the offtake on further exploration activities. Keith, just one thing. Uh, I presume all of that exploration and expansion falls within the license area. Not within the mining lease necessarily, Rodney. It's uh, it's all all around us. So our mining lease is concentrated on the mining area, uh, but it's still within our prospecting lease. So uh, when you refer to those uh, figures we have uh, on our typical presentation deck, the mining lease is only a small uh, stamp on that. Uh, the larger portfolio is adjacent to the mining lease, uh, but we'll can expand the mining lease as we bring more resources in. So. Keith, just for, for those listening, just take us through exactly, now that you have the mining lease, you mentioned the environmentals, everything else, the check boxes before you can actually uh, get going. Sure. So the next step from a permitting perspective, Rodney, is the EPA permit. Uh, so one thing to note is there's never been a mining lease issued in Ghana where the project hasn't gone to production. So a lot of the scrutiny takes place in this first 12 months of review. So the next steps for us is the EPA permit. That's about a six to nine month program. And then following the EPA permit is when we can break ground. So this time next year, I'd expect us to have shovels on the ground and actually to be breaking ground starting construction. Okay, great. And also your flow sheet is also amenable to no real issues on that front, I'm sure. Yeah, so the flow sheet is a very straightforward DMS process, uh, three different uh, size fraction, dual stage processing. We are looking long term to bring some of the fines that doesn't make it to the DMS, that basically bypasses the DMS. Uh, initially, we're intending to sell that as a, as a low-grade secondary product, uh, but we want to look at adding more value to that and putting it through a flotation plant. I don't see that happening first up. I see that 18 months to two years down the track. Uh, once we've got the DMS stable, once the DMS is producing consistently and we're at nameplate at the DMS, which is 2.7 million tons, uh, then we'll look at starting the construction on our flotation circuit. And that flotation circuit will just increase our overall recovery. At the moment, our recovery sits at 62% for SE6 and about 68% for a 5.5. Uh, so we can take that up to as high as about a 75-80% global recovery uh, if we include the flotation plant to deal with that very fine size fraction that uh, currently bypasses the DMS. And um, you've just on, uh, since the DFS, your thoughts on, on CapEx, if there can be any movement between now and, and when you actually get going? So the DFS was published in June this year, so quite a new relevant and inflation has been taken into consideration from the PFS, which wasn't too far ahead of that. Um, so the places where there might be some creep on the capex would be associated with the flotation plant. So, oh, sorry, the, the feldspar plant. So we don't have feldspar currently uh, in our DFS study. So 
that could be a, probably another $10 million, but that adds a significant revenue stream as well. Um, so it's feldspar where we'll see a bit of movement, but that's a change in scope. That's not really creep on the CapEx. Um, but all the other activities uh, is quite, quite firm. Uh, one activity we still got to negotiate with our contractors is working capital. So um, how much working capital is required in our mining contract just to bring that initial ore forward. Uh, but as Howard and Rodney, one of the strategies we have is to have that modular DMS unit up front. Uh, and that modular DMS unit generates cash. Uh, and in the current mine plan that we have, uh, we, we will have about two or 300,000 tons of ore on the ROM when our industrial size DMS starts up. So what that means from a working capital perspective really is the ore feed to the plant for the initial two to three months will be sitting on the ROM paid for by the modular DMS. Um, we don't see working capital as a major risk. Uh, we still want to negotiate with the mining contractor. That's the biggest cost, 60% of our costs it's in mining. Uh, and, and typically you find in Ghana that the mining contracts you carry the three or four months of uh, initial uh, production. Uh, equally, if, if that can't happen, uh, we, we're quite comfortable with the modular unit providing that cash flow for, for working capital. Jumping in here from the editing room to tell you about Lithium Royalty Corp. Lithium Royalty Corp is at the center of a global energy transition and manages a globally diversified portfolio of lithium-focused royalties in electrification and decarbonization. With 32 royalties on 29 higher-grade, lower-cost projects from exploration to production, LIRC covers all the bases with well-managed risk, ESG considerations, and a scalable royalty structure. Lithium Royalty Corp is traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange ticker symbol LIRC. To find out more, visit lithiumroyaltycorp.com. That's great. So just to remind the listeners, when Howard was talking about the NPV, your long-term price for spodumen in that NPV, remind us? $1,410 a ton. So on average, okay, so... Our, our life of mine price is about 1587 but our long-term price, so from 2026 onwards, uh, 27 onwards, is 1,410. Compared to where we're sitting today, uh, that's still quite conservative. And also relative to some of the other studies that have come out with the other operators. Yeah, look, Rodney, um, we didn't want to. We want, didn't want to inflate this. This is a good project as it stands. Um, I've, I've seen some producers use prices of north than four thousand dollars a time. I think. I think investors should be wary if they see a price, anything starting with a three, I, I would think twice. Um, even even in the 2000s, I think it's, it's still quite high for a long-term estimate, although that is probably uh, achievable in some. Uh, but I think our 1410, that's a, that's a fair assessment. We're not overinflating it. We're not trying to sell the dream here. Yeah, this is a good project. The economics works well. Uh, our all-in sustaining cost. Uh, now with the um, new uh, conditions in our mining lease is 675 US dollars a ton. Uh, and again, we're one of the few producers that actually publicly state our all-in sustaining costs. We think that's important. Uh, many we see just talks about the C1 cash cost. Um, our C1 cash cost is um, 377. Um, so there's a big difference between C1 and all-in sustaining. Um, so we like to be transparent and clear uh, so 675 is all in uh, sustaining cost for us. And if you can just uh, reiterate again or, or describe again in terms of the, uh, the, 
the mining investment fund and its investment and who shares and what costs going forward and so on? Certainly. Um, the Sovereign Wealth Fund uh, signed a heads of agreement with us uh, about six weeks ago. Uh, we're busy finalizing all the contracts. You can appreciate there's a number of contracts uh, and also a feedback loop to, to the Piedmont agreement uh, because they're coming in on the project level. Um, so their commitment to us is $27.9 million for a 6% stake in the project level. So what that means is the government of Ghana would essentially have a 19% stake in our project, 13% from the free carry and a 6% uh, from MIF. Uh, and then because MIF will have 6% of the project level, that means they also have to contribute to the capital as we are uh, spending money towards development. So that's approximately another $11 million. Uh, and then they also subscribe uh, to $5 million of uh, Atlantic shares. So all up over the next two years, we expect to see about $43.9 million uh, from the Sovereign Wealth Fund. And again, I think the underlying message there is the Sovereign Wealth Fund is not going to invest uh, that sort of money of the country's money into a project uh, that they don't have confidence in, in seeing develop in the future. And um, so the, the, the fiscal regime uh, went up from 5% royalty to 10%. You were telling me yesterday that that equates to about an additional $30 per ton on, on the cost. So your 377 cash cost was not you know overly onerous. Um, and although 10% is relatively high, but it's not, you know, unheard of, I think. It's on the, the, the all-in sustaining costs, Howard. So the royalties don't come into the C1. The royalties don't come onto the C1. Okay. And the MIF, they agreed essentially a price of 26p. Is that right? And you're yeah, currently trading at, yeah. you're currently trading at, I think, like 22p. Um, uh but like the government, Ghana's, as Rodney said, of the Fraser Institute, Botswana, Ghana, like are in the top three, I think, of uh, all African countries. It has a very established gold industry, but uh, it sounds like they're very interested in, in doing things properly and developing a, a lithium industry, right? There's, there's more lithium to be found all throughout Africa, but within Ghana, you're obviously the most advanced to the flag. They want to get it right here. If they don't get it right here with you, then investors aren't going to come and, and, and find and fund other, uh, other projects. <clears throat> um, Amanda, why don't you talk about the process? Uh, I listened, um, you had an AGM, a very detailed hour long video that I, I watched and, and listened and, and you had some interesting updates and, timing so if you could just tell us what it i think you've appointed a bank um to help run a process yeah, we, that's right we've appointed um one of the kind of major banks who um had, you know do this for a lot of lithium companies actually um to obviously um go out to as many parties as possible we've gone quite wide in our search i had um we had about 30 um interested parties within our own network and in my emails and calls and meetings um so it became difficult to manage and um the money was getting quite um quite up there in terms of what we thought we could get so we've been bought a bank in and they're incentivized to get as much um prepayment 
that's our ideal form as possible. Um, it's about a seven month process. Um, we're just at the end of the first stage in terms of identification and um, moving to our data room phase where we'll let um, people into the data room to make their first assessments and we'll give them our criteria on what we're asking. Um, they'll come back with, um, with offers and proposals. We'll move into a kind of the next stage where we'll um, bring that down to three or four parties um, and then in the new year we'll go into more advanced talks with those three or four parties. We'll do site visits um, and then we'll pick the one um, by around February, March time. Okay, and you and want a minimum? Sorry. Yeah, you would know that there's not there's not a lot of feedstock coming into the market in the next three to five years, and we're one of the very few um, projects that will have available feedstock, especially the quantities that we have at three sixty thousand tons per annum. Um, obviously, half goes to Piedmont. We'll have one eighty thousand tons um, available. Um, we want to do a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand ton per annum. Um, offtake agreement for three to five years, um, up to a maximum of 500,000 um, tonnes over that, the period of the offtake. There will be options to go further and take more. Um, we, want, we wanted to keep it reasonable within, um, especially in the first um, three to five years of production. We didn't basically put too, too many onerous clauses on ourselves um, to make it doable. Um, but we really want to find that um, commercial partner as well to work with going forward. If I remember well, uh, the details, I may get off a little bit, but Piedmont did an offtake with LG Chem earlier this year. They invested $75 million, I think, and they yeah. got 200,000 tons over four years yeah. only, right? That's, so so that, was it, my, that was my starting point in terms of having 75 million because I thought I'll start from what I know. You can look around and see what is the deal. Um, when people aren't blinking at 75 million, you then start to thinking, okay, we can get more out of this. And the bank's actually incentivized um, above 75 million to get as much as I thought we could get 75 easily with us, just within ourselves, but they're incentivized to get um, more than that. Okay, and what would you do with all of that additional capital if you only what need thirty-eight million for the project? So, so, so what it does, <laughs> it's going to be a prepayment. We'll only draw down as the project needs it, and it really is about um, uh, funding a warrior and our Ghana lithium t um, portfolio and the drilling around that. So it will be very much project-based funding. Um, we'll obviously we've got we'll close the forty million gap we have, um, and everyone will know the Piedmont agreement. Pinkman have to pay 70 million first sole funding. So we actually don't need to put into the development costs probably until July next year. So we have got a quite a long time before we have to put the money in. What we do with the rest of it, um, we are in the process of getting more prospecting um, licenses. We've got targets going into um, our identification sites that Len and the team have kind of worked out. So um, we are likely to um, do a bigger drill program next year. Um, so as we've always said, as we have line of sight to cash flow, we will then start the, the drill rigs up again um, to really grow the resource, um, increase our tons, um, yeah, and get that going for the company. The actual resource is what I think drives the share price. Um, so the more we put into that, the better. And also to extend the mine life. For 12 years, we want to get it to a 20-year, 30-year mine life.
Um, how would you characterize the, the, the nature of the offtake partners that are in the data room? Without going to specifics, yeah, we actually—I think we went up in out into excess of eighty parties um, at the start. Um, so the ones in there at the moment um, who are probably the, interested to cover the whole gambit. So we've got the um, chemical converters, the battery manufacturers. There's a bit of traders going in there. There's um, also the uh, the OEMs are in there as well, and they kind of work in combination with each other. If you can imagine an OEM doesn't want to get a uh, spodumene delivery, um, so there's a lot of combinations in there as well. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a whole mix actually. It's a lot of going through Europe and the US. Uh, even today, I had a call uh, this morning at eight thirty saying can I meet someone after lunch because they wanted to talk about um, our feedstock that was available. Um, and it was quite exciting meeting. So I can do 2.30 only and that's what time they made. We met in the city and we have another interested party. So as we've done the mining lease and it more, more and more comes out that we have available feedstock, the need and the um, I think the fear of missing out is increasing. man, if you can talk a bit about the sort of partner that we're looking for. Yeah, so basically we're looking for someone that's in the existing, in the supply chain already. We want our spodumene to move. We want it to be um, a credentialed partner. Um, we want someone that's happy to work in Ghana. Ghana is trying to um, grow their lithium industry. Um, they want it, they see it as a strategic um, endeavour for themselves to be part of this electrification thematic. Um, so we need a partner that's happy to work in Ghana. Um, and there are quite a lot. That, all, that are happy to work in um, in Africa and in Ghana because it's all obviously a great gold jurisdiction. Um, so we see um, that as important as well because this will be our supplier and this will it won't just be for the short period that we have. If we've got a great partner, we'll just continue on with the arrangement going forward. Okay. You mentioned this the EPA permit as the next uh, kind of step. So help us understand. I think mining lease that's the key thing. You're good to go, but you still need to get another permit. So is there any risk? Is there any risk that the sovereign wealth fund doesn't complete this? You still have to get that over the line. To a we're in a jittery market, and if people could kind of like look at reasons to be negative, that they could talk themselves into being negative. How real are the probability that, that there could be some hiccup on either the, the sovereign wealth fund finalizing their investment um, and the EPA permit running into some hurdles that may impact your timeline. Yeah. So the EPA permit consists of two distinct activities. The first one is it relates to the environmental impact around our immediate operating footprint. Uh, that work is done. Uh, you don't need your mining lease to conduct that work. So we've already completed. Uh, the environmental impact assessment, so we understand what the environmental impact is, and there's no red flags for us. Then the second component is associated with the community, so getting the community on board uh, and on board with the project. And I know we've been saying this, the only complaint we've been getting from the community is why haven't we started? They don't quite have a full appreciation for uh, the duration and, and sometimes what could be perceived as the bureaucracy involved uh, in obtaining permits. Uh, so that's really the only complaint we've been getting. But in terms of risk there, uh, I highlight again, there hasn't been a mine, uh, a project in Ghana that went through a mining lease uh, and didn't go into production. Uh, if historically, if we look what's happened, uh, the bulk of the due diligence uh, for Ghana is already done. 
Um, you know, I don't want to discredit the EPA process. That is still work that needs to be done. Uh, but from what we understand and from the investigations we've done so far, you know, I, I would want to suggest that that's a formality. We've just got to work through the process. Um, Howard, so you talked about, I think, the the deal and the arrangements that have been made in Ghana have been right through the ministry, the president, um, the MIF, all of the people involved are committed to this project and committed to their lithium industry. So I would see it extremely unlikely that the MIF... Uh, agreement would not be completed. Okay. We'll put up some pictures here that you put out last week uh, with um, Neil and the team um, with all of the various interested parties in Ghana. It very much seems politically, is there, there's an election coming up, right, in Ghana? Is this um, a relevant, important, you know, thing that they're campaigning on, on the, on the positive side, as opposed to the political football that Lithium often is in uh, in Mexico or Bolivia and some other countries. No, it's a, it's a mining jurisdiction. They they want to grow their wealth through more mining and expanding out of gold into lithium is is exciting for them. There's something they see that can add to that. Okay, that that's great. Um, so do you think, so the partner you think is, is this, again, Amanda, you're looking for the China versus ex-China, obviously you're partnered with Piedmont. Is there a vision? Um, it, it, could this be a Chinese partner or is oh, it going to be ex-China? Um, China are really comfortable in Africa. Um, we, we've we met with many of the Chinese partners and we get on really well. Um, we don't really have an issue. Um, the, the going into the existing supply chain means it is going into China um, at present. Um, but we're happy to look at other combinations, especially through Europe. When we first rebranded, the idea was that half would go to America and half would go to Europe. But Europe have to, have to be ready for it. So a lot of the parties that are coming through that way have mechanisms to go through China first while they're building their converter, and we're comfortable with that as well. Short term, it might go to China because it has to go to China. There's no conversion capacity anywhere else. Yeah, but the medium China to long term. Yeah. yeah in Leo Lithium's case... Yeah, they're working with the, the European converters to build those conversion facilities. The skills at the moment in building a conversion um, a plant sit in China mm -hmm. and it's coming out and that's what that's the kind of what's going to happen. The skill sets will come out and um, there's many different combinations that happen. But what we don't want is Spodjamin to be sitting on the side of the Takarati waiting to go somewhere. We're seeing a lot of uh, takeover activity um, in Australian assets. Um, when Vince was around and we started working in March, you had had a process at that point. There, there was some thought that um, there might be a sale. He ended up partnering with Piedmont. Asor, a South African private equity group, owns, I think, 25% of the company. Piedmont, how much do they own? They're at 9.4, I think, at the moment. 9.4. 9 so 34% is held by those two parties makes it hard to uh for a takeover bid so i think you're going into production story um so for those uh it's possible you could be taken over who, who knows but the valuation is like way 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 too cheap um but for those who are like attracted to the cash flows that i don't know um pilbara is making at a low cost um with exploration upside, um, there's there's a big valuation discrepancy here, and uh, Rodney and I are going to record our Rockstock recap 
Tomorrow, uh, we're going to go through uh, some of this M&A, as well as the Minrez, Pilbara, and Alchem. Uh, I think we're going to, um, I'm just going to remind everybody here, I forgot to do that at the beginning. If you like this video, please, uh, you know, like and subscribe to Rockstock channel. Um, we put out our most recent Lithium Bowl, um, taking a cue from uh, the Rolling Stones, the first new album uh, in 18 years. And Mick Jagger um, with Lady Gaga. He's 80 years old. Just uh, God bless him. I hope I'm uh, as spry and uh, have as good voice for, for maybe doing these videos as he does for, for singing. But uh, I took inspiration from that, calling it uh, Angry Lithium, the, the rolling stonks. Uh, like I said, don't worry about a thing. Everything's going to be all right. That's essentially what Dale Henderson was saying what uh, Chris Ellison was saying and what M Martin de Soleil was saying in, in their, their conference calls. Um, Rodney, any final kind of questions or anything I failed to ask here, Keith and Amanda, that you want to impart? That's clear. And, uh, and people should be able to understand the value proposition from here. Sounds good. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it spodge mean stupid. The market is hungry for feed and um, to be continued. All right. Thanks very much, Amanda, for the first time here on Rockstock. Keith, I think, um, second or third time, but uh, very timely to have this update. And uh, thank you. See you soon. See you. Cheers.